Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. Today I'm joined by Leslie Tao. Great to have you on the show, Leslie. Hi, Will. Thanks for having me back. So Leslie's um, been on the show previously, did a wonderful profile, uh, talked about her uh, international property career, uh, starting in Cambridge and ending back up in Cambridge uh, via the Middle East and some um, fascinating property strategy. So check that out in the uh, in the back episodes. If you want to get hold of Leslie, uh, probably the easiest way is via her LinkedIn profile. So Leslie Tao, T-A-O, uh, and it's Leslie with a, with a Y. Is that right, Leslie? Oh my God, you couldn't have said it even better. Everyone always gets the spelling of my first, ta- first name wrong. They always end it with an I-E, which is for a boy. Leslie boy but I'm a Leslie girl so it's EY so if you want to have a chat with me do get in touch right so you you're at uh 65 units uh in Cambridge uh mixture of of HMOs and units and um and you're you're also expanding out in all sorts of directions can we we do a whistle stop around what what you're up to and then we'll, we'll dive into the details as we go yeah We've actually had a bit of a change in strategy since we last spoke. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, it's a good thing. So although I'm going to be 40 this year, I'm thinking about retiring a little bit earlier, but not retiring as in doing nothing and hanging around on the beach because that would be a bit boring, but as in ha- take it a bit more easy, cruisy. Um, so what that involves is I'm at, we actually made a decision and this is really recent, Will, so maybe about two weeks ago <laughs> to start, um, um, sorry, how do I put it? To start maybe selling off parts of our rent to rent portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason purely is because we are buying more at the moment. So we're going to end up owning a bit more, but, and, mm-hmm. and, but, and therefore I think our efforts want to be concentrated on the units we own um, mm-hmm. as opposed to units we don't own although we get good cash flow though um, but it was I think when you get you get to a stage when you're up to the units let's say 65 units it's like do we expand more or what do we really want to achieve and I think that's a very personal question right it's like how much do you want to expand or what do you want in life from the next phase of life um, so for, for us as a family, because we have a family business, it was actually, okay, we're quite happy with X amount of income every year between us, and we don't really want any more additional additional stress. So and and there's been a, another member uh, added to the family uh, since last time you're on? Yeah, so I have Teddy now. Teddy is about three months old. Uh, we were actually going to do a podcast earlier, but then he was rushed into hospital for a hernia operation. Yeah, so I'm now a mummy of two two boys and two pugs. Um, and I am really enjoying the journey, Will. Like, despite, like, not getting not enough sleep, it's that I, I have a different kind of fulfillment at the moment. And I thought, I didn't think I'd be feeling differently after, you know, having one child. But I actually do feel, I don't know, I do feel different after having a second child. And there's definitely some parallels with your portfolio. Like uh, there's a big difference between two and one. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, I think um, I, I think what's happened is that we're just thinking ahead and smarter as well. 
So what I what I mean by that in terms of if I'm thinking about to spend some more time with the family, right? What um, what can we purchase or invest in that would um, not be as hands on, but still provides a good return for us as a family and individuals? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so in terms of uh, like your um, you're you're moving into buying blocks. You're you're getting involved with an apart hotel project. Um, do you want to fill us in a, a little bit? Um, what what's happening with each of those, and and also why why the shift in strategy um, uh, into uh, that multi unit block type type stuff? Yeah, sure. Great question, Will. So um, with the the I call the multi unit blocks uh, or multi-rental units um, so all the blocks and the reason for getting into that is because in the Cambridge market a house is going to cost you half a million pounds let's say and so the block that we're buying is a, uh, we're buying two blocks at the moment one block is a block of eight studios so that is going to provide us with eight rental units where we'll be generating income from and that is we're purchasing that for just under a million pounds um so that's you know that's good as opposed to buying two houses um and getting two rental incomes we're going to be getting eight and it's already generating rental income um that's important and when you say a studio what what what's uh what sort of size square meters uh and what what sort of standard are you so i would say the standard is very average it's not it's not a high end block yeah um, they're all en suite, but they require some work. Um, mm. But they're based in a, uh, this one's based in a Victorian, um, Victorian style building. And um, the, the rooms are all different sizes, but they're quite spacious. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can, if we want to do later, you know, readjust them a little bit, etc. But we're not in any hurry. Um, the nice thing about these units is that all they're already generating income because they have tenants already. So it's uh, in some ways, it's like a turnkey investment block that we're purchasing. And um, and is it nice taking over from someone having done the initial hard yards of doing the conversion, getting it all set up and running? <laughs> yes, yes. I think previously I would always be looking for something a bit juicier. So maybe a project of planning or something where we had to get planning for it because we can let our imagination run a bit wild. But the reality is that these projects normally take ages, especially if you operate in Cambridge, to get through the planning and, and um, you know, get it over the line. So um, the, we are actually purchasing this um, eight-unit block of um, an uh, elderly couple. And, that, and the weird thing is, there is a story behind it, actually. The weird thing is, back in 2018, when I first came back to Cambridge from Dubai, I actually went to see this block and and I really wanted to buy it because it was up for sale then from the same couple and I wasn't able to put an offer in because I I couldn't raise the funds put down as a deposit or I suppose the better uh, phrase is I didn't know how to raise the funds (laughs) to put down as a deposit back then so I kind of missed out on it but then what happened was that they withdrew it from the market because they wanted to keep it for a few more years to generate um, income for them mm-hmm. and um i was lit and then i was we had put an offering on another block which we'll talk about in a bit and i was dr- and it's on the same road as this block so we were literally driving down i was thinking oh you know if only this was up for sale again we would buy it because the price is quite good for cambridge and um and i've been to see it it's in good condition the elderly couple looked after it very well mm-hmm. um it just needs modernization that's all which will happen gradually as and when tenants move out of each unit I suppose um but it but so, so the weird thing was that I was thinking that and then I went on to right move I think it was and then I saw it up for for sale so they had listed um this um the property for sale about two days ago before I was thinking of it so I got back in touch with the previous agent that was that I was dealt with before and I didn't need to see the block again to be honest because I already saw it I knew what it was like um, so we put an offer in straight away and then it got got accepted. Uh, so it's weird. It's something's meant to be yours, how it comes about in a roundabout way, right? Well, well that's that, that's fantastic. And um, what, how, how did you raise the funds? 
So I've been doing lots of um, equity release. So this is from our family portfolio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so in total at the moment, we're, we are raising and we are drawing down um, about 1.6 in total. We don't need so much for this purchase, but I'm just releasing equity anyway, um, because we are purchasing other things as well. Um, and I'm sticking some in, in a good ISA account for all the family members. <laughs> yeah, so we've got... Very good. And, and uh, with interest rates where they are relative to inflation, uh, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, but that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's what we're kind of doing at the moment. I'm just It is a bit of a shift, though, because I was very heavy, and we still are, to be honest, on our rent-to-rent -rent portfolio. Uh, I am still going to keep some, uh, you know, a few units that I'm very fond of, but uh, mainly the shift now is over to units that we actually have a vested interest in. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I suppose anyone listening who uh, is wanting to, um, I, I suppose, bid and, and be a, uh, considered to take over some of the rent to rents, get in touch with Leslie. She... Uh, should be fairly firm around um, it's not just about the, the money, but the, having the right person, uh, because I know you're very loyal to your existing landlords. Yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm going to be quite picky. <laughs> and it's only because those Cambridge for rent to rent is very hard to get into. And it's not, the landlords are quite savvy here and they generally don't like. Um, Sorry to say this, but if you have no background in doing rent to rent before or have a portfolio, you're probably going to be rejected, not by us per se, but by the landlord. So you need to have, you know, some sort of either capital backing or some experience at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's very hard to get into here unless you know, even sources find it hard to find deals here. There's not a lot that goes around. Mm -hmm. And, and in terms of um, like your your learning about the Cambridge market, what what uh, what has happened in the Cambridge market over those those four years or so? Um, there was never a drop in prices. <laughs> I think that's generally the whole the whole country in terms of property prices over COVID. There wasn't a drop, even though the transactions slowed down during that period. Mm -hmm. um but the, the price has never dropped i think it's probably gone up a bit as well to be honest um it also seems like all um elderly people or elderly landlords even sorry um are offloading their portfolios because mm -hmm. we've got that eight unit rental unit uh rental block and then we've got a 11 unit one that we're also purchasing that's on the same road and it's a different elderly couple but it's the same story they're offloading their portfolio at the moment because they want to enjoy that the proceeds of their hard work yeah, uh, and, and you've got, um, I, I suppose there's space constraints within Cambridge. So uh, if more people are wanting to move there and there's there's not proportional abilities to, to lift the uh, the housing supply, um, the, the price tends to, to go up. Um, and I, I, I certainly know that uh, people who are in the commuter towns around Cambridge are doing really well at the moment in terms of valuations and uh, prices being achieved. Yeah, I think it's a really um, quite a safe city for investment. You might not get, depending which rental model you're following, though, but you might not get, you know, in terms of the amounts you're purchasing for a great cash flow if you're renting it on a single let basis. But mm -hmm. if you use different rental models, it, it will yield a bit better. Um, but it's just a st sturdy investment here because prices here don't really ever go down so much. And what's happening with the uh, rental numbers, the new lets? In terms of, uh, so so are they they moving? Um, like in most markets, the uh, the rents being achieved for relets or, um, or or new stock seems seems to be much higher than uh, what it would have been even a year or two previously. Oh, yes, rents are going up, I would say. Um, the landlords are coming back on the rent-to-rent -rent portfolio and asking for a bit more rent as well. 
So we've seen that happen with our current portfolio. Um, but generally, the, the problem with Cambridge is that there's not really loads of rent new new bills coming onto the market. There are some, but that's a limitation that we have here. It's not really expanding mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at a very fast pace. So. Yep. And um, you, you mentioned um, in the preparation for the, this episode uh, that you've got a, a part hotel project that's been bubbling away in the background. Uh, do you mind talking a bit about that and where that's at and what it is? Yeah, so we've just submitted the pre-app for this project and um, the pre-app is for a 75 apart hotel unit and there will also be commercial, so restaurant, cafe, and um, a meeting room space on the ground floor. Mm -hmm. um, so we've just submitted the pre-app for this apart hotel. It has been um, very challenging because it's the biggest deal that we've worked on so far. So in total, like the, um, the, the sort of purchase price is a little bit over 10 million for three units that are together. Um, and and I think bill cost is going to be just under 20 mil uh, when it's all finished. The GDV, as we like to call it, is going to be just under 40 million. So it's quite a nice lucrative project. And we're still raising funds for a part of it. And it's been challenging, but it's coming together, Will, slowly, slowly. Right. So um, obviously capital is at risk, but if you've got some money burning a, uh, a hole in your pocket, get hold of Leslie and she might oh, be Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks, Will. I don't even think about it, but then I'm, I'm telling you what's happened and you're pimping it out. Thank you so much. That'd be really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're only an orange juice sometime. Just an orange juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so um, in terms of um, the planning process, there's a, um, a lot goes into uh, like a mixed-use development generally, but... Uh, What's the uh, basic approach been um, as a uh, development team? Like, what, what what have you been thinking? What what's the uh, what's the strategy to get this over the line? Oh, really good question. There, quite a complex one as well. So, let me give you a bit of background in terms of what um, what's on these three plots of land, or historically was on. So, two. So historically, all three plots were guest houses before. So they are in the commercial use um, for planning. Okay, all three. Now, um, there are two guest houses that are still currently running. Then next to them, there, it was an ex-guest house, but now it's all been demolished. That uh, We'll just call that a piece of land. That currently has um, planning for 46 units to be uh, as an apart hotel. So that's already gone through. We want to try and increase those units with the additional two guest houses. So um, we don't actually think then this is going um, via our architect and of the planning consultant that we've got on board, which is um, Carter Jonas, going um, via their suggestions. They don't actually think it's going to be that challenging just because we are not um, deviating from the current usage it would still be Sujen category. Um, and um, we are not proposing um, anything too different for the 46 units. We're just expanding the, the unit mm -hmm. amount and probably putting in a slightly more sophisticated plan for, for the use of space. Because the current um, 46 units that have been approved has also um, has got planning granted for two basement levels and that would be a massive cost for car parking uh, we're proposing something a little bit different where we won't need as many car parking spaces um and the and historically something that is helping us is that the planning that went through for the 46 unit piece of land they also tried um, student accommodation and a normal um resi flat conversion but that all failed so the only thing that, um, sorry, the only sort of project uh, that suits, um, you know, the, the, these three pieces of, of uh, these three units is apart hotels. There seems to be um, a leniency towards that at the moment. And I, I generally think it's because also Cambridge has been a very, and I know this because I'm an operator here, a very um, 
popular city for service accommodation. Obviously, with the limited amount of new homes that comes onto the market and the housing shortage for the city, I think the council are working towards apart hotels which are licensed and regulated. I think that's something we'll see a little bit more of, to be honest, in the next 10 years, I, I, would, I would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know when you've heard any whisperings of that, but like we have, we're just taking on another property in Dubai that will be used for short-term rentals, and and they it's regulated there before it was illegal, but now it's mm -hmm. regulated, so you can actually get a license from I think it's the tourism industry uh, tourism department, um, and 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 they pay and you have to pay a tax on it and get a license for it. So I would imagine that something like that should happen here but i just don't know how the government are going to um uh find the resources for it because that will come at a cost as well yeah in general uh like i'm uh i i would be anti um like, like additional uh i suppose bureaucracy in order to do things and in general, uh, I'm in favour of private property rights where uh, provided you're not uh, causing a problem with your neighbours or, or it's not affecting other people too much, then you should be able to, by and large, do what you like with your property, uh, if, if that's what ownership actually means. But yeah. Uh, of course, planning laws don't quite reflect my my views. So I think planning uh, laws I would also say that, that um, people uh, I, I think generally go miles off stream in terms of how they approach uh, planning applications. Yeah, almost always it's written down what the policy is uh, at, at some layer of the uh, the <coughs> plan or uh, local plan. And, and you just need to read that stuff um, and, and fit in with, you know, now uh, it, it depends what you're trying to do, obviously, and where you're trying to do it, but um, it, it's usually in black and white. And if you can, uh, if, if you can uh, invest the time in understanding what the uh, department's actually trying to do, what the, you know, the, the wider objectives are, how that fits within that and, and make a reasonable case, your chances of, of getting through um, uh, are dramatically increased. But um, I, I'm not a planning expert, uh, you know, thank goodness. I, I um, agree with you. I think also having some contacts is also very helpful. Now, we heard that... Um, but we don't know whether this is still available. We heard that um, a developer here had paid um, a fee upfront for the year for, for someone from the council to process work on their planning only. Um, so I think they paid, I think it was between 20 to 40 grand um, and they did get their planning pushed through, but maybe it was with the help with this uh, from this individual person from the council so we heard that that was available but i don't know whether it's still available now because we also heard that recently. is that the brown envelope scheme is that what it's called <laughs> <laughs> the brown envelope scheme maybe but we also heard that um, for the cambridge council in terms of their planning department um lost a lot of their their employees recently um i think people just quit there wasn't so we're actually in shortage of planet planners at the moment in Cambridge so there's a massive backup of um, um, planning applications at the moment yeah and, and if you look at where Cambridge is located like there's so many local authorities within you know uh, not too not too uh, certainly commutable and so there, there must be competition for uh, a, a limited number of planning staff and uh, I suspect the application levels are through the roof, it's like most places in the uh, in the country at the moment. Yeah, but just not enough. Um, yeah, just and uh, not enough speed on them. So, yeah. So it has changed our strategy in relation to this apart hotel project because we are putting because we've only just put the pre app in. I think it's going to take much longer. We had budgeted maybe a year for planning, but I think it's going to take longer than that. 
Um, so how it's changing our strategy is that we, um, we've got an option, a 12 month option um, on uh, the two guest houses. Yeah. So we might exercise that a bit earlier so we can generate some additional income. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so you, you, you buy them uh, while you're sorting, sorting yeah. through the, the, the planning on the, the wild yeah. yeah, we apart from the COVID years, we've gone through the, um, the, the accounts or the guest houses. So we've been looking at a five year account across the board and they're very healthy um, pre-COVID. Um, and now we, um, we know, I know that um, Cambridge in terms of short term lets and um, and visitors is very popular again. So I don't think we'd have a problem unless we have another pandemic related issue. Yeah, there's a like like a almost universal need for increased accommodation in almost all categories in just about every location in the country. Uh, you go uh, into little mining villages in Yorkshire, yeah, and, and they don't have housing for for people. Uh, oh. it's just crazy. Um, You'll like this bit though as well, Will. Um, so two guest houses. We ha we have the option also of contracting at one of the guest houses to a housing association. So I thought you'd like that bit. Bit of a social element to it. Right, right, and, and um, hopefully that would tie in with your uh, your building sort of uh, program, not not starting for a, uh, a period of time. Yeah, I think so. I think with these bigger projects, it does take a bit of time, doesn't it? But I think with meticulous planning, our, our only variant is the planning, though, the variant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In all of this, once planning's obtained, everything will be much easier. Right. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have to uh, brainstorm a few solutions for that. But you've got a wider thing that you alluded to um, earlier in the, um, the episode. Uh, regarding retirement or, or partial retirement. Um, tell us a bit more about that. So, because I've ha I have another addition to the family. So it was a, a re it's very personal, right? It's a reevaluation of, do I, you know, where do I want, not, it's not even about where do I want to be? What do I want my daily life to look like? I think is the answer. I have been scaling back a bit. So um, as I mentioned to you, I used to do some mentoring and coaching for people who wanted to get into rent to rent and short term rentals in particular. But I, I have stopped all that, even though I do get a lot of requests. And the reason for that is because it takes up a lot of time to do coaching and mentoring as well. Um, I just don't really have the time because my family, my children are still small. So my family are priority at the moment. And then so when you start looking at what is it that I really want, like I can go, I can go and work on bigger projects, etc., which I might still do, but it just won't be all the time. Maybe might be, well, you might be like, Hey, Leslie, we're looking for investors and we need X amount of money. I'd be like, okay, well, as long as I don't need to do anything, here's some money. <laughs> and what, I, I think that's the position I'm gearing towards, hence why we bought these multi-rental units, um, which are already generating income. But, um, but it's just about doing a calculation of how much am I happy with in terms of income every month? Um, how much of my time does that equate to? <laughs> And uh, I think it's, it's mainly a time issue for me. I just don't have the time at the moment. And hence, when I do have the time, I want to be, uh, either want to be very working on high level stuff, uh, which involves more brain work, um, as opposed to manage, as opposed to ordering people around, <laughs> which is what I do a lot at the moment. My team, you know, they want they want to have. And I don't mind that as well, to be honest. They want to talk to me. I make sure they're doing you know, what they're supposed to be doing, etc., or reporting in. Um, but I think it is just aligning it with my personal goals. And I suppose the question which I'm going to throw at you, when is enough enough for you? It's, a, it's a, another great question, um, just to bat it back at you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I personally am probably more motivated by uh, the, the people and the, the types of situations I'm in. Um, I, uh, of course, you, you measure deal size, you measure the number of deals, the type of deals. Um, but myself, uh, that, like it's more about, uh, I suppose, growing into opportunities. Um, 
and, and taking them. Um, I, uh, I have no plans to, you know, retire or scale back. Um, I'm 48 now. I, I think I'll, I'll be working as hard as I can until I can't work um, quite happily. Um, the, you know, Such the, a hard worker. <laughs> Such um, a it's not it's not even about the hard working it's about the engagement the fulfillment that you take from uh doing things that um are genuinely exciting yeah like i i take a a, a joy that I, I describe as beyond happiness almost from being in the middle <laughs> of um of something that's uh you know a bit different that, that people, you know, uh, sometimes couldn't contemplate getting involved with and you, you, you pull it together, you, you bring people together who have deep expertise and, um, and you connect them and you, you join all the dots up and, uh, and th there's a lot of waiting involved that people I think are, are not aware of in larger transactions like your process that you're going through with the planning's one, one example. Uh, the financing, the negotiations, the you know, um, the uh, all of the the various elements, they usually take a lot longer than anyone realizes. And and the um, so so while you have frenetic periods in the middle where it's all systems go, there's uh, there's always space for taking on a little bit more. And I, I think that people, the most common question I get asked um, many times a day, actually, is how do you find all of these deals? And um, people are generally disappointed by my answer is that it's, it's actually years of work and uh, even more years of follow-up. And it's not one thing. No. And do you find, I think this goes back to relationship building, Will, right? Um, I'm looking at all the deals we have, and to be honest, especially Cambridge landlords can be quite picky. They don't need to sell to you. There's always another buyer around the corner, but they want to sell to you because they like you, right? Or they've got a relationship with you. Um, yeah, I think relationships are really key in every aspect of business that I've ever done. Um, it's not just about the money, because when you get to our level, you know, raising 10K, 20K, 100K, even over a million K, which is what we're doing now, mm -hmm. actually probably requires the same amount of effort. Or if it's the lesser amount, sometimes I feel like the the, the effort's even more, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, than the bigger amounts. But it's all about the relationship that you have with... with Just a, a little flashback, and it's not, not all that long ago. Uh, the very first um, portfolio deal that I did the hardest money to raise uh, in it was the last £2,000. You might say £2,000. <laughs> you could lay your hands on £2,000. And, and, you know, how are you doing, you know, deals that are in the £10 million plus range now? And, and the answer is uh, you need the money when you need it, uh, not, not like at some time in the future or some time in the yeah. past. And... Um, I, I I can remember the um, the utter panic, uh, li literally going into um, like we we got it with a few days to spare, but um, I, I felt probably worse pressure in that situation than uh, any other time I, I have experienced in, in property or <laughs> anything else. As um, other circumstances that are. Uh, a, a little bit more dicey, but you, uh, the the little sums sometimes are much harder, uh, particularly when it's your first time. Um, I think so I think that everything seems easier after that, right? Or I don't think it's ever easier. I, I just think that you become better at expressing yourself and communicating, mm -hmm. right? So probably more direct when you, you know the more experienced you are. Yeah, and, and when I look back, like like um, I, I wish I'd thought about this a little bit in advance at the time. But um, what what I've done wrong is I'd underestimated what we needed to complete, uh, and we ended up needing to sort of top it up by it might have been twenty five grand approximately, and we cobbled it together. And 
I I probably should have just gone and got the twenty five grand from one person. Oh, I see. And, and I had it in my head that you know I, I should do it in smaller pieces, and um, and it, it's almost laughable uh, these days. But um, it, you've got to start from somewhere, though, right? Because if you didn't, yeah, yeah, now, yeah, but, you started from. But you still got your two grand in the end. It just took. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did, and, and um, like. Uh, it was actually quite simple in the end where I, I just asked a friend and he said, sure. <laughs> um, I, I wish there was a bit more of an exciting story to it, but um, um, it, it was um, like, like when it's not there and the deal doesn't happen without it. Yes, that's true. Well um, done. And, you and you've been it. working for a period of time, you know, putting everything together um, and you know, it's turning into uh, like, like that. That's a you know, um, in some ways, while it was a much smaller deal than the sorts of things we're involved with these days, it, it put a standard in that um, I, I think is. I'm not sure if it's a, obtainable in today's market. And you know, we we bought at a um, you know a, a perfect time at, at a very low price relative to the value. We created additional value through refurbishment. We created additional value through commercial revaluations, and um, and it just worked out really well. Which it wouldn't have happened though without that two grand. <laughs> well done. The two grand meant a lot then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you investing in any anything else? Well, apart from property, do you like? How else do you make your money work better? I guess. Uh, all in, like, like I, I think, um, like I've, I'm the worst person in the world to ask about You're like, property only. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that, that's my, you know, that, that's my own situation, my own, you know, I, I've convinced myself over decades that, that that it's the, I understand it far better. Uh, I, I see it as a more stable thing, uh, yeah. specifically English real estate. Um, yeah. I, I see, you know, there's even with Brexit, even with the Ukraine war, even with all the stuff that's going on in the world, it's as safe as houses. Um, it, we're in a, a an economy where it's unlikely there's going to be a military coup. It's unlikely that uh, the government is going to overnight uh, seize my bank account. Mm. Uh, and that, that allows you to um, that allows you to operate. And because there's a the rule of law applies, you're you're able to buy stuff, um, and you can get mortgages against it. Yeah, uh, yeah. you can, you know, uh, I, I suppose effectively get paid to uh, borrow money at the moment because the interest rates are, are lower than the inflation rate. Um, yeah. And I, I I'm, I'm convinced um, it's the best thing that I understand. Um, and because there's there's so many different ways that you're able to create additional value, and uh, I, I think the um, the commercialization of uh, income is something that um, uh, you know anyone who's got a, a larger portfolio and um, has has looked into um, it's a, it's an incredible thing where, where you can buy something at a uh, particularly a rental yield, um, you and basically you securitize the lease where uh, you can either lend, sell, or um, or lease out a portion of that income at a massive increase in value. Um, and why wouldn't you do that if you had had the option to to do so? Yeah. Uh, and in many cases, depending on the location and the the quality of the leasing that you're doing, um, you're you're often able to get uh, substantial, if not all, of uh, your money back out again uh, in relatively short order um, in terms of a long term investment. Now, by by doing that, and that, that's only one you know one method, like. Um, you know, th there's a classic saying about you know um, buy real estate and and you know hold it. You, the longer you hold on to something, in general, the more it's going to be worth. 
there's very few pieces of property that are not worth more than they were 20 years ago in, in the UK, um, all else being equal. Um, if you've had sufficient income to cover the, uh, I, I suppose, the costs of operating and the, the costs of finance on the way through, um, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a good thing. If, if there's additional income or, or a rental profit on top of that, uh, even better. So there's, there's so many elements to it that I'm, um, uh, I could talk all day long about this stuff. Uh, but well, I've got, I've got a question for you, though. Uh, <laughs> I've got a question, because since we're talking about debt, uh, but to buy property, yeah. Um, I'm assuming, but I might be wrong, so correct me if that's the case. I'm assuming that when you, um, if it's not a developer, uh, so if it's not investor funds, that you would raise a mortgage, yeah, against the property uh, for purchase. Yes, so uh, as most most listeners would think about it, yes, but uh, it's actually um, more commonly portfolio-based commercial finance, which is against the uh, the future cash flows essentially. So, so yeah. uh, that that would be the most common way. So do you usually is it usually structured as an interest-only sort of mortgage repayment every month? Yeah, so it depends on the deal and what the uh, the decision, like around the wider uh, portfolio. Like there's a uh, there's three separate deals that um, I'm I'm working on at the moment. Where one of them um, where it's going to stay interest only for um, for at least ten years. There's another one where uh, it's structured in a way that the rental profits are sufficient to uh, make it fully unencumbered over the 10 years. Um, so that's a, what I wanted to ask you about. And there's a, a third one where it's a mixture where we've got uh, sufficient, uh, there's basically two parts to it where there's a development part and a rental part. The rental yeah. profits pay the development finance uh, will sell the development yeah take the profits off the development and we're basically left with a, a unencumbered uh, property in the in the income so it depends yeah. um, it, um, I, I would uh, it, the, the larger the portfolio that you're talking about the more if you you're, you you don't have a clear picture of what to do, uh, the more I'd encourage you to invest in professional advice um, yeah, with specialists. We've got a um, scheme um, where most of our mortgages is interest only at the moment, but our lenders let us pay a 10% um, off towards the capital every year. So that's what we're working towards. So eventually it will become unencumbered and the interest rates will reduce as well once we're paying off that capital. Um, and hence, once it's unencumbered, we have the option to refinance again if we want. So that's why I was just interested in finding out what you usually do about repaying back the capital, whether, because I know okay, a lot so, of- so it's, a, it's a very uh, good question. And- Because um, I just know a lot of investors that just do interest only, but-, but So, so, so the, the, the quick things that are coming to mind, uh, so just so one, one clarification, are you on a fixed rate or- Fixed rate. And how long is the term? Usually, um, usually it's a five year term. And how long to run on this particular one? Um, this one is three years, three more years left. Okay. Um, yeah. now, now, just as a little um, slight diversion, I'll come back to your, your, your question okay. in a second. We, we've got a, um, a portfolio where um, our, it's interest only and we're only one year into it. And yeah. the lender's representative has come back and uh, asked us to refinance, wants to give us um, a, a fairly big increase in the uh, what the valuation is. So we'll, we'll get some not insignificant cash back out to do what we want with. Uh, and they're reducing the interest rate and there's no redemption fees 
we're at four percent uh yes. at four years so um and it's a lower interest rate so they're, they're going to give us more money they're going to give us more cash um and they're going to reduce the interest rate so not quite sure how it works but we're we're taking their arms or their hand off uh, to do that deal uh, we've got a um we've got to get some valuations done but um uh, it seems like a, uh, a good offer to me from my point of view. Well, I think it sounds really good, especially for lenders coming towards you with better terms. That sounds amazing, Will. Yeah, it's usually a sign of uh, an, uh, an oncoming property crash when uh, when lenders yeah. are chasing you as opposed to the other way around. But um, I, I won't, won't go into that. Now, just going back to your question, so there's, there's several things going on. So um, what, what your wider um, financial situation is, uh, both in terms of cash and uh, equity, uh, what you're trying to do outside of the uh, specific properties that you're, uh, you're asking about with the uh, lending. So what else could you be doing with the money? Uh, what's happening with uh, inflation? So uh, what's happening with the, the value of the properties? Uh, so is your equity going to be increasing? Uh, how's that in comparison to the the rate of... Um, so so you, you've got um, in general inflation and you've got house price inflation, or, or sorry, uh, property inflation, I should say. Yeah. Now, um, how... Um, you, you need to look at how those change over time. If you've got a fixed... Uh, rate of interest, um, and uh, you're happy with that, and, and, and you'd, you'd like to fix it in. Extending that term is often a good thing, um, and depending on what you're planning to do with the property, whether you need the money out. Um, once you've paid them the money, yes, you don't have to pay interest on that. But are you? Um, is the reduction in interest? Uh, more beneficial to you than the use of that money somewhere else. So say, for example, you've got a 3% interest rate. Yeah. Um, can you generate a higher than 3% return on that capital deployed elsewhere? That would be one of the questions I, I would ask. Um, what your appetite for risk is? Um, some people... I think, uh, I think when uh, I get older... Unencumbered. Uh, once I get older, the, the risk element is definitely not as high as before. Like, right, so, so um, when you say older, so in 10 years time, would you perceive that the value of that, that same property is gonna be higher or lower? Oh, it would always be higher. Right, and, and so uh, what, what percentage, if you had to hazard a guess, is it gonna be worth? So if it's worth 100K today, yeah. what's it worth in, in 10 years time? If you had to guess. Considering that when I, this is back in 2018, one of our units was at seven, was valued for 750,000 pounds. And it's recently, so 2022, like um, been valued for 950,000 pounds. Mm -hmm. No added value whatsoever in terms of what it's done to the site. I would say, but I would say that that would probably be quite an extreme example in terms of the, the value going up. But it would, I don't know, Will, that's a good question. I would, I would be hope, I, I think it'd be around, I don't know, 30 to 50%, but I don't know whether that's a bit too much. Okay, so say, say it goes up uh, over 10 years by 30%. Yeah. What's your current loan to value on this 100K of, of, of um, property? At the moment, it's about, um, I say in general, about 70%, I would say. Okay, yeah. just so let's say there's, there's 70K and you've now got something worth 130K. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll just make it even simpler. We'll say that it went up to 140K. You've yeah. now got a 50% loan to value. Are you feeling safer or less safe? Definitely safer. Okay, so on the, uh, on the premise that, you know, it's probably going to go up over time. There's no guarantees. Um, just because it's always gone up over time 
um, doesn't mean that it will have gone up at that, yeah. that particular time or by that amount. Uh, it could be worth less. But um, have you got sufficient cash flows to pay the bank on the way through? We should do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I'm just basing it off the new purchase that we, we um, the, the 11 rental unit one, for example. So yeah. our mortgage on that business interest only is, is four grand, around four mm-hmm. grand a month. Um, but that unit in terms of net profit, in terms of what it's generating at the moment is 80 grand in terms of net. So it's definitely more than enough to mm-hmm. cover interest. And if we wanted to do a, a, a bit of capital repayment, it's also there. Depends whether we want to take any money out for ourselves. And that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um, and, and also like what the uh, links are to other parts of your portfolio. Um, you know, uh, so, so what, what's at risk uh, in relation to this, and and that that will change the answer to um, what, yeah, you're what right. Makes sense, if that makes sense, so yeah. Um, yeah. Now, Leslie, I, I I really really appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, Thank you for having me. It's always good to come on. We always talk about slightly different things as well, which is good. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy our chat. So uh, Leslie Tao, you can check her out on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Will Mellard. This is my Property World podcast. Thank you. Bye. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.